Hi everybody, Mike Wardrop from Encounter Church here and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Well, let's dig right into the scripture really quick. Because in Hebrews 10, in the reading we heard today, the writer of Hebrews reminds us of the critical importance of meeting together. He says, don't give up that habit. Don't miss out on coming together. And I love that. It is so critically important. There's no such thing as a Christian all by themselves. You've got the body of Christ throughout history informing you, the saints. You've got peers all around the globe. And we were made for community. You can't do life alone, friends. When we do life alone, our lives don't look like Jesus. They look like our version of Jesus, a little tiny little mic-shaped echo chamber, because there's nobody else to reflect the image of God to me. There's no challenge to my growth. But Hebrews is not just saying, come together with other people. It's saying that we don't just come together that way. We come together with God, with God. God in all his fullness, and it is surprisingly simple. This is what the writer of Hebrews says. They tell us to draw near to God, to hold tight to the knowledge that our hope is in Jesus, and to encourage each other toward love and good works, which is an act of love anyway. And we can do this, says the author, because of what Jesus has done for us. The writer of Hebrews says that Jesus has created a new and living way to reach God and has torn the veil between us. And if we're going to understand what Jesus has done in our lives, if we're going to understand how to come together with God, we've got to understand the veil. This metaphor is important, church. See, for centuries, the Jewish people were separated from the physical, tangible presence of God by the thick veil that separated the holy place of the temple from the most holy place, the holiest of holies, the place partitioned off by the veil in the temple where the presence of God was said to be. Now, only the, holy, the high priest could enter the holiest of holies. And only the high priest could do that once a year. And they stood to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And only then, after the high priest had been ritually purified, it was a process. It took a minute. But the priest would need to stand then and sacrifice the next year. And again, and again, and again. Because the veil was still there, the gap between us and God remained. This priest was serving as that boundary for just a moment. But it was an imperfect priest offering an imperfect sacrifice. But in comes Jesus. And Jesus fulfills many, many functions. But one of his functions is he is our true high priest. Did you know that? Jesus is our real, true high priest. And so rather than making a series of great sacrifices and chucking a goat on the altar or a pair of doves or whatever, he instead becomes the sacrifice on our behalf. He lived a purified life, holy in the eyes of God and other people, what we call righteous, not self-righteous, but righteous, and took upon himself the sins of all the people, cleansing us from sin once and for all. So instead of needing to stand... And offer repeated sacrifices, Jesus is seated. Seated in glory at the right hand of the Father. He doesn't have to get up every year and offer another sacrifice. He's done it, church. He's done the work once and for all. The life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus has made a way for you to know God in full. 
to have a relationship with him now that will last into eternity. And if you take nothing else away from this message, know this. God has moved heaven and earth. He has died just so that you would know the love that he has for you. That's how important it is. So the veil at the end of this, after the high priest himself becomes the sacrifice, after Jesus lays himself down for us and is taken up on a cross, there's no more standing around. He's now sitting on his throne. He's resurrected in glory with God the Father. And the veil after this is torn from top to bottom. And we are given full access into the presence of God. Not through a dead sacrifice, but through our living high priest. Now, that's good, but there's more. Because when the veil is torn, what we get, friends, is all of God. All of God. And this is good. This is what we want. But all of God is frightening. This is the same God that when Moses begged to see his face, was like, you can't see my face. I will let you see the train of my veil as I go past you. I'll hide you so you don't perish from my glory. And Moses comes down from Mount Sinai and the other Israelites look away from him. They say, put a veil over your face because we are going to be blinded by the reflected glory of God on you. That's the power of the glory of God. All of God is frightening. And only a few verses later, the writer of Hebrews says that it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You know, the only thing more powerful than the sun, the stars, and all creation the God who created the sun and the stars and all creation. The full presence of God is overwhelming. It is uncontrollable. And we get what we want, which is our full relationship with God. But when we come into his presence, we realize something. And that is we aren't equals. Moses, all he wanted to do was look in his face. And God said, you cannot even do that. You will perish. That's how far apart we are. We don't get to stand in his presence and then go, God, Hey, mate, I see you, peer-to-peer, you and I. I've got some polite disagreements. No, 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 no. When we come into the full presence of God, when we know, when we have that encounter with God moment, and if you've had something like this and you know, we are drawn to our knees in awe and worship of our holy God. That's the power of the presence of God. It's confronting But whether we feel uncomfortable or not is not really the point. The point is the veil has been torn. Now, why is this important to us when we talk about lockdown and coming together? Well, here's why. The veil was torn so we could come together. And you and I, we've actually only been in lockdown since March the 20th. It's less than two months, even though it feels like an eternity, even though I could swear the only thing I have done in the last two months is hang out with my family and be on Zoom. And one of those things is driving me crazy, and I'll let you choose. But as it has not even been two months. It hasn't. And as of this moment, only one SA case in the last 20 days, this is great. We're on the path to going back to normal, to going to coffee shops and pubs and having parties and going to the movies and going to church, praise God, and going back to normal. But I've got a problem with normal church. I've got a problem with it. I'm worried about what normal means for your faith and for my faith. And I'm worried what normal might mean if we step back into it again with the same mentality, the same passion, the same learnings that we had before lockdown. 
The Australian church, friends, has been in full-on normal mode for about 70 years. We've been creating these systems of comfort that allow us to build a religion that will outlast the movement that began it. Can I tell you, we have become experts at creating a Christian system that doesn't need Jesus in order to work. That's what the Australian church has been on a pathway towards for 70 years. I've been a part of it. I know this. And here at Encounter, we've worked really, really hard from day one, consciously, to not be like that, to stay uncomfortable. Not that we have any special insight. We're just trying to learn from the mistakes we've already made. And so we've fought not to be overly institutionalized. We've fought not to be comfortable. We hold to a value of being real because God can only change who you actually are, not who you're pretending to be. And when we're real, we can speak truth. And when we're real in relationships, we can speak truth in love. And we can speak truth and it will land well. So let me hope that I'm speaking truth in love now and it's going to land well. Let me tell you, church, I am frightened that for those of you who are watching right now, that you are not going to remember the lessons of lockdown that you are craving a return to what you would call normal and what I would call apathetic spirituality. I am terrified that we will forget the lessons COVID has tried to teach us about where our strength and our purpose are. Because as we emerge from lockdown, we have two choices, two, about the kind of Jesus follower we are going to be. Option one, you could come up with a thousand names for it. I'm going to call it consumer Christian. Consumer Christian, and in this option, we continue to make church about middle-class Christianity. That is, we curate an experience that satisfies the desire to be personally loved and affirmed and upheld in my gifts and um, the experiences I'm having and our gifts and our finances. And we'll, we will give and we will, we will serve, but really only when it's convenient, and then we'll shut up shop when it's not. And I don't mean to mock that because that is the lived experience of most people who have been Christian for longer than 12 months. We know what it's like to slip back into that. Here's the second option. And this is the option Jesus is calling you to. Resilient discipleship. Resilient discipleship. We talk a lot about this at Encounter. In this option, we become passionate, vibrant, disciplined, focused Christians Not disciplined in a practice sense where we're boring answers, but disciplined when we say we know where our attention is. We know where our passion is. We become people who are visibly different because of what Jesus has done, church. Come on, you hearing me? And we consistently challenge ourselves to share our faith boldly. We become a people for whom courage is a necessity, not a luxury. And we share our faith not because we have to, but because God's goodness to us has been so good. And our desperate need for him is so evident that we go, you need to see the God who has done this work in me. As the Samaritan woman says in John 4, come and see a woman, a man who has told me everything I've ever done. When we're revealed to ourselves in the presence of God, we have nothing else. We become a people who recognize that prayer is our essential function as Christians. Because without it, without the voice of God, without the presence of God, we have nothing. That's resilient discipleship. Church, God wants more for us. He's teaching us to yearn for his presence, and he's torn the veil. He wants us to come together with him now as if we are holy and righteous because of what Jesus has done for us. That's why. Jesus has made the way for us. He's made a way for you and I to be in the presence of God. 
to come together with God. But here's the funny thing. Yet now, you and I, we're the ones putting the veil up. God's given us access, yet we try and hold him at a distance. And I'm telling you this now because you haven't done this yet. We're not out of lockdown yet. We're still in that mindset where we're feeling needy. But let me tell you what we do, right? It's like we put up this veil, right? It's like this. These face masks that we've been wandering around wearing and now we know are mostly irrelevant unless we're already sick. You see, it's like we're putting this face mask on. Like the presence of God is overwhelming. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. But we're putting this tiny little mask on. See, it's like we're perfectly healthy, but here we are walking around like this. You've seen us wearing them. And we're wearing these tiny veils. The veil is torn, but we're wearing tiny veils to stop the presence of God from taking over our lives. We'll walk around and it's like, oh, God, take over most of my life. Not all of it, most of it. I've got to have a little veil up. God, speak to me when it suits me, and only then about who my future husband will be, amen? God, pass my uni assignments for me, and I'll give you partial credit. It is actually that ridiculous. It's as ridiculous as it sounds, but God has torn apart the veil. We can't play make-believe Christianity anymore. We can't do it. Why would we? Do something else with your Sunday. But when we walk around wearing a face mask on, it's like a metaphor for how we try and keep control in our life. And as I come to a close, I need to tell you this. We live our lives as followers of Jesus wearing face masks and telling ourselves that we're being faithful. When what we're really doing is being controlling. Why? Because the presence of God is overwhelming and it's uncomfortable and we're not in control and we don't like that. We in the West are so used to being in control but the lesson of COVID is we're not in control. We want to put measures in our lives of how far we'll let Jesus in. We'll walk into church, we'll serve on team. But then we put these tiny little veils on to keep Jesus at arm's length. Not out of our lives, but just far enough away that we don't have to give up complete control. But when Jesus says, follow me, we follow with everything. We leave it all behind. And when we do this, the abnormal becomes normal. And God calls us to unusual and astonishing things. It's when he might call you to be a missionary or a pastor or a chaplain. But more likely and equally amazing and astonishing, more likely he's calling you to be a business leader. And you're trying to tell God, oh God, I didn't do well enough in school. I can't be a business leader. I can't influence for the kingdom in business, in the commercial sector. I can't make money for the kingdom. I can't do it. Or God's calling you to be a stay-at-home dad, and you're saying, oh, God, there's nothing wrong with that for other people, but it's not my dream. Oh, so that can't be from you. Maybe that's a different voice. Or he's telling you to stop drinking, and you're saying, God, I'm not an alcoholic. And God might be saying, I didn't say you were. I just said you need to stop drinking. He might just be challenging you to share simply but honestly why Jesus is so important to you, to the people you love the most. See, the thing is, the little veils that we put up, the little pieces of control we try and hold, we think they're irrelevant. God might be calling you to fast, and you're like, well, I don't need to. God loves me already. That's not what he said. He's just calling you to fast. Do you know what I mean? It's the difference between a small bit of disobedience and full obedience. It's the difference between the full presence of God 
and trying to repatch up the veil with our tiny veils. Church, listen to me. As we come to a close here, the lessons we have learned in lockdown have to be lived in freedom. The lessons we have learned in lockdown have to be lived in freedom. We need to know, we need to remind ourselves that all we have is Jesus. Haven't we been taught that our jobs aren't as secure as we think? That our financial situation isn't as secure as we think? That even our capacity to stay healthy, and in the West we take that for granted, but we've lived in fear of our health for two months. We've never had this before in our lifetimes, unless you live through the Spanish flu like my great-grandmother. Bless her, she's still going. For the rest of us, we've never lived through anything like this, and we're afraid. We've been afraid. We've been out of control. And God's saying, finally, finally I can move. Because church, hear me. I can't wait to come together in physical worship with everybody. I cannot wait. But it's time to tear your own veil. It's time to take it off your face and tear it apart. God's saying, I've torn the veil for you. Why are you trying to hold on to it? What are you doing? I've torn the veil from top to bottom. Do you know what the cost was? Do you know what the cost was for me? It cost me myself. And we're putting these veils on. Friends, your hope and salvation is not going to be found in the encounter church community coming back together physically. That's not going to be enough for you. It is not going to be found in going back to your workplace and going, oh, finally, my old desk. I have that sense of purpose again. It's not even found in your sense of mission. It's God. It's always been God. That is the only place you will find a true sense of purpose. But you only find it when you lose control. He has saved us through His Son. He's filled us with His Spirit. He's bringing us together. He's calling us home. But home is not physically together. Home is the presence of God. And God has offered us a way near to Him, even as our souls are desolate with longing. We cannot afford to come together physically only to get comfortable spiritually. We need to live lives with torn veils, lives that are wild with the presence of God, hearts on fire for Jesus, with ears that beg to hear the voice of God and voices that sing His praises. The world needs your fire. God has put a purpose in you. God has put a fire in you. But if you put that veil on, you're saying, God, I, I, I can't have it all. I don't, I don't want it all. That sounds hard. Yeah, it's the hardest, greatest life you've ever lived in your life. You have never tasted anything like this. When we have an encounter with Jesus, it is like we taste and see that the Lord is good. And a taste, like those little sample platters you get at Costco. You taste it and you're meant to see if it's good. And you know, it's not always good. But when you taste that encounter with Jesus, you know that the Lord is good. And you hold on to it. The world needs your face. They need your fire. You can't keep that veil on there because you need to take that veil off. They need to see you reflecting God's glory without a veil. Like Moses, you're going to need to take the veil off. What do we know? We know that the greatest hope of a Christian during COVID-19 has been that we know where our eternities are, which means that our mission is to help others know this. The veil was torn apart. Jesus has guaranteed that you can come together with God. So it's time, church. It's time to throw away your veil. Time to stop controlling your lives and say to God, I am yours. Everything in me is yours.
Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We'd love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.